This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. Not too long ago, we were hearing stories about Tesla, which suggested that maybe Elon Musk was not the right person to lead the company. But the last several months have seen incredible growth on the stock price side for Tesla. It's obviously also delivering cars and making a profit. And the stock price, as I mentioned, has risen sixfold since it was around $258 a share last October. But one of the factors that will determine Tesla's future growth Rahul Kapoor is a management professor at the Warren School. He recently penned an op-ed for CNN Business looking at those elements, and he joins us now. Rahul, hope you're doing well. Great to talk to you again. Thank you, Dan. Thanks for having me. So what do you make uh, of the rise of Tesla over these last several months? And, and I guess the bigger question is, can it be sustained? Yeah, those are, you know, those are great questions, Dan. And uh, as, as you mentioned in my CNN op-ed that I, that I penned a few weeks ago, uh, in my view, the rise has, um, and again, you know, there are two aspects to the rise. One is the capital market-based rise, which is the stock, market, stock price. Another is strategically the growth trajectory that Tesla is on. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be able to comment on the, on the stock market side of things. There's yeah. clearly an element of exuberance that I think one could imagine. I think on the strategic side, um, I think Tesla has just executed on a promise, um, despite all odds, remarkably well. So I, I think the, the, the roadmap that Tesla and Elon Musk presented over the years, they have executed in terms of increasing the capacity, in terms of launching the new models, in terms of pushing the technology frontier, both on the battery cost side and on the self-driving technology side. So I think you know all the boxes that analysts or investors or people like myself who were observing Tesla evolve over the last 10 years have, have put in front of ourselves, we've checked all those boxes. And I think that, uh, that in my view, is, is, is a great fairy tale as far as Tesla and Elon Musk are concerned. One of the factors you mentioned was what do other automakers do to transform their companies and compete with Tesla? Yes, and, and I think this is, this is the forward-looking view of this, which is um, something I elaborated on in my, in my op-ed. Uh, and, and in my view, I think, uh, you know, the established automakers have come across as being apprehensive, taking a bit of a backseat. And while the last 10 years were very much around, can Tesla pull it off? Uh, the next 10 years would be about, can these established automakers pull it off? And, uh, and, and what they can do to navigate through these, uh, these times where clearly electrification is a is a bygone conclusion. We expect uh, a vast majority of the cars 10, 15 years out are going to be electric cars, and many of them would be autonomous cars, or fully autonomous cars. So for me, I think the, the, the future is, is perhaps less about what you think Tesla would be able to do. I think the, Tesla has laid the cards on the table quite clearly. It's really about what these big automakers, whether in Detroit or in Europe or in Japan and Asia, could do to, to push their own effort around electrification and self-driving. You also mentioned in that piece that, I guess at least right now, uh, that these other automakers are, are somewhat leaving the door open for 
people who would like to buy an electric vehicle to go over to Tesla. Absolutely, and I'll you know tell you my own personal experience. Uh, you know, we were in the market to get a car over the last few weeks, and I went and visited many showrooms. And many of these uh, you know car makers have electric offerings, as we know. Uh, but as as a sales process, I felt um, it's not that something that they are leaning towards on trying to make a sale. It's it's an option that you can get as a customer, but they are still be perfectly happy if you come back buying an internal combustion car as opposed to a battery-powered car. So I think for me, the strategic challenge, and this is something that has gone on you know, in many industries uh, across 50, 60 years, you know, going back to the story that we talked about Kodak, yeah. see, much of, the, much of the, the disruption phenomenon has been centered around what these startups can do. Uh, but in my view, the bigger piece of this puzzle is what the established firms that have been disrupted can do. And I think from the automaker's perspective, I, I feel that they have been somewhat apprehensive. They have been taking on more of piecemeal strategies. Let's try this. Let's try this. But let's, as much as possible, preserve our core capabilities and core customer base. And I think that thinking has to change. In my view, they have to be much more aggressive on helping the existing customers who love their brand yeah. Uh, to actually transition into these new technologies and, and new business models. When you look at Tesla, obviously, they, you know, they have uh, the operations that they do out in California. Uh, they obviously opened up the plant in, in China. Uh, they, they, you know, they, they've got Europe on their radar. And now the, the most recent, you know, announcing uh, what they're going to be building uh, down and around Austin, Texas as well. So, you know, there's so much conversation about whether or not Elon Musk was the right guy but still, it does look like that there is a formula that he has that he would like to see play out for them to be a very successful company. Absolutely. I think, uh, I think at, at, at this point, the game that Tesla needs to play is the game of scale. I think it, it has certainly accomplished itself as a leader in technology, especially around battery, battery, battery technology. And then what you have to do next is to essentially scale up so that it makes it harder and harder for other players to catch up. And so I think what Tesla is doing now is akin to what Intel did in the 70s and 80s, where it started with a, with a manufacturing base out of California, but as it proved its technology excellence and started going down the route of Moore's Law, as we call it, uh, it scaled up through factories and plants all over the world. And I think Tesla is very much in that game where it's trying to build up the scale globally. From a supply chain perspective, it makes a lot of sense. It helps to lower the cost, and it helps to gain market share and makes it much harder for established firms to catch up. You also noted the role that, that companies uh, like Waymo may be able to play in this overall growth. Yes. And, you know, in my view, that's uh, probably the, the, the wild card in this uh, current setup, Dan. And, um, and you know, I, I talked about why uh, Waymo, which is, of course, part of Alphabet, and, you know, it's a parent of Google. Uh, Waymo could essentially uh, do what Google did to the smartphone industry with the launch of the Android and essentially giving an operating system to smartphone manufacturers for free, companies like Samsung and Motorola and HTC and many more, and build a huge network of smartphone users through the Android operating system. And I, 
I expect the same the same uh, card is still relevant here, where Waymo has been um, a leader in terms of software and sensor technologies in the self-driving uh, domain. And if it can create an autonomous operating system that it starts giving it to these established automakers, then Tesla has a real competition on their hand. How much then does Elon Musk himself bring to this formula now? And, and if, you know, if you go back a year or two, uh, we mentioned the concerns that were obviously there, some of the things he was you know, putting on, on social media. But it feels like that there is more of a connection between Musk and the consumer right now. And, and maybe that's one of the reasons why they're starting to see the, the success that they've had in, in the recent quarters. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, Musk is, uh, of course, uh, you know, a very strong character with a very uh, large presence in the social media and with a huge, uh, huge set of followers. Uh, and as we have seen in the last year, right, this could be an asset, but sometimes it could be a significant liability as well. In, in my view, I think at the end of the day, if Tesla as a company delivers on the promise uh, and despite you know, somewhat unpredictable uh, behavior of Musk on social media. And otherwise, I think that would take a backstage. At the end of the day, I think uh, Musk is going to be evaluated through how well Tesla is doing. And so far, uh, there is not much of a question mark around that. He's, he gets an A plus from a performance perspective. Rahul, thanks very much for your time. All the best. Stay safe. And we will uh, catch up with you again at some point down the road. Thank you so much, Dan. Have a Thank day. you. Rahul Kapoor, Management Professor here at the Wharton School. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.